if you're kicking the tires going, I like this, I just want to check it out, I want to see what it's about, I'll cover all of those. You can ask me any kind of question. I'll probably answer most of them for you, how all the money's handled, who we're accountable to, all of that stuff, when the church started, what's the vision statement, what we believe, and all that. That's all answered in there. Lunch is served. It's all free. Uh, And so we're just there to help you. But uh, that's exciting as well. God's just doing uh, amazing, amazing things. And uh, today I want to talk to us, uh, or talk to you and, and myself as well, about vision. And sometimes in church, we kind of think that God only gives vision to certain people. I really believe that everybody is special in the eyes of God. Do you believe that? I mean, he created you. You are unique. Uh, and I think every one of you has a destiny. Every one of you has a, uh, a purpose, and God has given you a vision. So I want us to kind of focus on, sometimes we just think, no, you know, he'll do that for bread, or he'll do that for Benny Hinn, or he'll do that for, you know, whoever, and not that compare myself with anybody what i'm saying is we kind of put that person and we don't need to put anybody on a pedestal we need to understand god loves you he's no respecter of persons and he has a plan for you as well so uh, sometimes um we don't understand that process we we can't really grasp you mean god wants to tell me something he wants me to do i'm created for a purpose i really believe that you are i want to help you today find out what that dream or vision might look like Okay, so uh, this is what happens. And how many could testify to this? You, you feel something, and then if it doesn't happen right away, after a while it kind of dies off. Or you, know, you lose track of it, and you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're in a, maybe a church service or somewhere else, and you're thinking, I remember when that stuff used to happen for me or when I remember thinking of that kind of thing. And we just kind of just drop the ball, or we just because it doesn't <coughs> excuse me, happen the way we want, we think that it's not valid. And if it, if it isn't a real dream, can I just say this? It's going to die of natural causes. I mean, if you have a dream and it's not a dream like a God dream or a real one that he wants, to, then it'll, it'll, it will die off. But if it's something that he's put in and it just really doesn't go away, it keeps popping back up. Maybe you've lost track of it, but he kind of keeps nudging you, keeps reminding you, keeps popping back up. Then it might be something that you might want to look at and say, God, is this something you want me to do? Is this something that you've been telling me to do? So I'm going to encourage you today. If it's a real dream, write it down. If it's something that you haven't been able to get rid of, write it down. And it's going to take shape and definition when you start to write something down. Um, My wife is big into lists. Any ladies like lists besides my wife? She likes lists. She, She, you know, here's this. Boom, 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 boom. We go on vacation. Here's the things you need to bring. You know, she doesn't give me a list of what I don't need to bring. But of the things I do. And sometimes she probably wishes she'd give the other, but, uh, so honey, you don't need to bring that, you know, uh, anyway, we're going to look in our Bible, uh, real quick, uh, at Habakkuk, uh, you could say it Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you want to say it, I don't care, but it's, uh, chapter two, verses two through four, and, uh, it says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So as you start to think, wow, this is something I've thought of. And if you're here today and you're going, you know what? I'm not thinking of anything. I can't think of anything God has told me. I'm telling you, if you're just open to the idea that God might want to tell you something, he's going to tell you something. 
So many times we hear something or he's told us something and we just don't give him credit for it because we think, listen to me, we think it's us. And some of us don't think too highly of ourselves. So because it's us, we just discard it and go, that's never going to happen for me. You hear how quiet it is. It's quiet because you know it's true. We've all kind of been there where we talk ourselves out of something because we think it's us and we're not worthy of that. Because we know us. We know what we've done. And it's hard sometimes for us to forgive ourselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's telling the truth. <clears throat> so I want you to write it down. If you've got something, and you know, I want you to write it down. If you haven't, just be ready because he's going to get something, you know, in the near future. But God wants you to write it down so you can focus on what he's revealing to you. And he doesn't want you to lose track of it. Well, Brett, what do I write down? Write down whatever that is. I would love to do this someday. Or I see myself doing this. I have this, man, I have this desire. I want to do that. Maybe it's just something you want to do or something you want to be. When you were a little kid, remember, they all, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know how many kids in my class in, in first grade or whatever. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be an astronaut. Apparently anybody can be president, so let's go for something else. All right. That was just free. It wasn't in here. It just kind of came out. <laughs> okay. God wants you to keep track of it. Here's the flip side of that. The enemy wants you to lose track of it. If God is speaking something to you, the enemy doesn't want you to write that down. He doesn't want you to remember it. He doesn't want you to even get your mind on it. He wants to distract you from it. He wants to get you diverted and discouraged. But you want to remember what God said, so write it down. And you're going to have to remind yourself. If you have something that's been just you've been mulling over, you're going to have to remind yourself because you're going to need to make it plain. Make it simple. What do you mean? How many have ever talked to someone that goes clear around the barn and you just want to say, hey, put the horse in the stall. Tell me what you want. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Just make it plain. Because if you don't know where you're going... How are you going to know when you get there? You won't ever know. One of the things my kids always ask you, we're going on vacation. Are we? Oh, help me, Jesus. We'll get there when we get there. You know, I turn, Zach's here now. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, this is like when he's five or whatever. I'm like, do you see the car moving? Do you see the stuff? And my wife would be, honey, we're not there yet. Plain. The Lord, I really, I think sometimes we try to make it more complicated than what it really is. So how do we put this piece of the puzzle together? How do we assemble it? How does it all begin? Once we write it down, we start to visualize it. Turn to your neighbor and say, visualize. This is a sight and sound generation, but if you really listen to me, we've always been a people that need to see something. We need to see something. So it's like, uh, how many remember the one-step camera? The Polaroid, remember that? And you took, the, you took the thing, and it took, what, 60 seconds or something? You'd sit, and then the picture you took would start to come out, and, it, you know, and you'd watch it develop. That's what I'm talking about. You have to visualize something, and sometimes it takes you walking things out for that to, to start to make itself clear. This is what God did with Abraham. Abraham, you're not just going to have one kid. I'm going to give you so many kids, you're not even going to believe it. Now think of what he did to Abraham. Come here, Abe. 
paraphrasing. Look up, look at the stars. Look at the sand. And he, so he had Abraham look, because why? Because he needed to visualize, this is bigger than you. It's bigger than what you think. But I want to give you a visual, Abraham, so you can see I'm in business. This is actually going to happen. So he gave him an image to visualize. Jesus did the same thing. He used coins. He used sheep. He told parables. He used people, uh, whatever, servants. It does, you know, he's trying to say, do you understand? Do you see this? David fighting Goliath. Remember that story. David asked a couple times, what happens to the guy that beats this, this guy? They said, oh, he didn't have to pay taxes. He gets all this stuff, and he gets the king's daughter. Tell me that again. He didn't have to pay taxes, and he gets the king's daughter. See, David could visualize the money, and he could visualize the honey. I'm just saying. He's like, okay, I'm in. I'm saying if, if, if I was, you know, and they said, hey, you can, you can get no taxes and get this money, and Kim will be your honey, I'm in. See, David could, so God is saying, listen, I want you to write it down. Easy definition of vision, where you want to go in life and what you want to achieve. Where do you want to go and what do you want to achieve? But know this, to do that, you have to have an accurate appraisal of where you are right now. And then a genuine vision of where you hope to be at a specific time in the future. And see, that's the thing. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. The devil hates a deadline. He doesn't like a deadline. If you're putting your faith on this, he hates a deadline. But if you can say to yourself, you know what? I mean, right now on my phone, I've got this. I have this deadline. I want to do this by this date. I have this, you know, whatever that is. You can do that on your agenda. That's great. And you need that. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Where do you see yourself? Well, I would like to have money to go on vacation, okay? If you want to go on vacation... How do you visualize, what do you, well, I visualize, I've been there, and this is what I remember. Okay, how are you getting there? How, how's that going to happen? We all know that there isn't just a fairy angel that comes down that's a money angel and goes, ping, you know, there you go. Doesn't happen that way, so we have to put our hands and our faith to something that God has called us to do. So if we want increase in our different areas of our life, we want it impacted, then we have to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How can I write that down? You know, I can be, I can want, Lord, I, I just want this to be a great church. I want to see so many people saved in the city of Marion. I want to see drugs turn around. I want to see, God, we're reaching so many people. And I want to, well, how am I going to do that? Now, listen to me. How am I going to do that if I don't take care of what God is, if he's using me to do that, then I have to start taking care of what he's using. I didn't really figure all that out until it's just really starting to to make sense to me now. Uh, you know, that if we want that, then we've got, to, OK, God, to get that. What does that look like? How do I have to do that? Here comes our first point. It begins with a burden. Habakkuk 1 1, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. When we think of a burden, we think of something heavy that we would carry. This is something he saw. Turn to your neighbor and say he saw. So I don't carry things with my eyes, do you? Once we think about that, I mean, it's, it's not so strange if we understand some things. Vision from the Lord begins with just that, a burden. You're going to see something, 
and it's going to affect you, and it'll put a burden on your heart. And what's that like? Habakkuk said it's like three things. He said he felt it, he saw it, he heard it. I can't tell you, you know, those of you that are original Marianites, Kim and I were both born and raised in Marion. When I left Marion, wasn't really planning on coming back to Marion. You know, matter of fact, I remember a bumper sticker, somebody saying years ago, last one out of Marion, turn out the lights. How many remember that? Okay, two of us. Great. <laughs> I remember. Uh, you know, but I mean, when we came back to town, we'd come back to visit family. Then this is what really started coming to my life. I mean, I started, I got back in town, I'd start crying. Things would start changing. I mean, I, I saw things and then I, I had a burden on my heart. Then I, I felt that. And then I knew the Lord was speaking to me, telling me to do, to start a church. So listen, this is what, what happens. It touched like Habakkuk. He saw it, got burdened with it. Then he took his burden to a vision. And when it happens, it becomes plain. Now I wanna, I'm, I'm going to try to help us here because I, so many times nobody ever explained this to me. So how do we know? Well, when you have a burden and then you start seeing that play out, how does that, that's when we start to write it down. That's when your burden becomes a vision that becomes a dream. And that vision and dream can coincide and co-live together because you have to get that down. I've got to write it out. I've got to, this keeps coming to me, so I need to figure this out. It becomes plain. It's something that we saw and it becomes something that I have to do. Did you catch that? I can't just, it, it's bugging me. You ever have something that just bugs you? I mean, just I've got to fix that. There's certain things like dirty dishes will bug Kim. They, she likes that. They all have to be cleaned if she can do that unless there's something that is, she's just. But other than that, either her or I, somebody's going to be doing dishes because she can't rest until they're ladies. Some of you ladies, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Whatever it is, maybe it's just something that's just off. And if it's a little off, it'll just drive you crazy. I know what that's like. Um, not to some point some people that's you know, I get it, but that's how they're made so that can that can be a good thing Because they're like ah, oh, that's got that. Ah, I got to fix that We need more fixers in the world today So it's something that you saw moves to something that you must do See god gave him something he could feel and it was a burdensome weight And then god spoke to him Can I say this to you as well if the lord is talking to you? He'll make it plain and you won't have to wonder if it's the Lord or not People have asked me different times. How do I know if it's God if it's God you'll know Because he'll he'll keep reinforcing that And you'll see it in the word you'll he'll reconfirm it other people you may be somewhere and they may say I just feel the Lord wants me to tell you this or you know, whatever it'll be reconfirmed to you I mean there'll be no mistake. You'll end up knowing it was God When it becomes that plain, write it down. I mean, God's just an amazing God. Amen? I mean, he's just cool. He just, he just rocks my world. I was in a, in a service one time, and, and uh, he had spoken to me, and I was preaching that next day, or that morning, actually. It was the same day. And I had a whole other message to preach, and he had Felt like I wasn't supposed to preach that, and he had spoken to me. I'm just going to cut this to the chase. I'm going to put the horse in the stall, so I was saying. Uh, and I got up on the platform, and I wasn't the senior pastor. I was on staff. The senior pastor was up there, and everybody in the building looked black and white. 
like we we're watching Andy Griffith. It was all black and white, except three people were in livid, vivid, 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 livid. They were in color. <laughs> three people were in color. The rest were black and white. And I kept rubbing my eyes, and, and he, the, that pastor had, uh, the staff and stuff had to sit up on the platform. I hated that. Because, man, you can't even scratch your nose without somebody thinking you're picking it. Or, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's watching you. Or if you're nodding off because the speaker's boring, everybody sees you. You know, so you don't, I didn't like that personally, but he made us sit up there. But I was up there rubbing my eyes. My wife was sitting out in the congregation. She's like, what's the matter with him? You know, something's wrong with his eye. I kept, I kept blinking. I kept looking at everybody. Everybody black and white except three people. And the Lord spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you. And he said, I have a word for these people and I knew he meant the three people in color and I was going to write it down I had a, that was the day when we had real day timers you know without uh, you know you wrote everything down on your day planner and it wasn't in your phone Siri tell me I have a date you know it wasn't that so I started and, and I felt like I didn't have any time and he said don't worry about it and then they announced me and I went up to speak I preached what the Lord told me to preach and at the end of the message I was to go pray for these three people in color. And I didn't know what to say. I honestly, but I knew that God had spoke to me. So again, this becomes, and now listen to me, this becomes something that not only that I saw, it's something that I must do. Well, what happens if you don't do it? Well, all hell's not going to break loose and you're not going to burn in hell because you didn't, you know, God will give you another chance. Maybe not be that one. You missed that opportunity, but he'll work with you still. Aren't you glad for grace and new mercy? Okay, so so let me just state that. But so I walked in front of this person. Let's pretend this person was here. And, and it was a lady. She was probably, what, 65 or something like that. I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And I'm thinking, dear Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to pray. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to pray. I really don't. And so she says, sure. And she stands up. And, and this is how this happened. It was as if you, if you ever watched the stock exchange or something, and you see that ticker tape go across the top. You know, the Dow Jones up four to five days. She stood up in front of me, and it was like in my mind I could see this ticker tape, and I could hear the Lord inside me read it. And so I just said, you know, your children will rise up and call you blessed, and and you were praying this morning at such and such, and this and this, and I just was just reading what was going across my mind, and she just is looking at me like, how do you know this? prayed for her and she she didn't fall backwards or forwards she just like straight down just like she melted and and then the whole place started i mean you could just feel this wave of anointing come in i prayed for the three individuals and then god just i mean there were people coming up and they didn't even the ushers it was i can't even hardly explain to think of it now i'm like oh lord do that again I mean, just trying to touch Usher goes, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. And I, I went to grab the Usher and the Usher fell over. And another guy went to get him. And I grabbed him and he fell over. And finally, I'm just going like this. I mean, it was just crazy. A, a kid like 15, 16 was running up to the aisle. And I just told the Usher, we're going to pray for that kid. And that kid just like shot back six feet and fell on the ground. I mean, and God was just moving in that place. Listen to me. I said all that probably even said too much. I'm not trying to say, look at me, because that's not what I mean. What I'm trying to say to you is this. He has a plan for you. He has a vision for you. But you have to be willing to not just see it, to do it. 
I couldn't have experienced that had I not stepped out of the boat. We got a lot of boat sitters. There are people who sit in the boat all day long. But will you be like Peter and say, Lord, if it's you, I'm going to come. I'm going to step out. and I'm." A, but, Brett, I don't, know what, I don't know what the puzzle piece looks like either, but he does. And he'll fit that together. You don't have to go through life never having a vision. God has a plan. Imagine how much living the good life you would waste if you never catch a glimpse of what God has purposed for you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, it is written, I has not seen nor ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who have him but God. Turn to your neighbor and say, but God. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So really, we don't have any excuse. God has a plan, our, you know, except ignorance. I don't want to hear it. God, don't. Some of us just want to stay busy because it's too hard to be quiet because we have to look at ourselves. But God wants you to understand he loves you. He'll take you just how you are. Messed up, broken, however, and he can fix it. But you got to spend time with him. He wants to take you to a higher place than where you've been. Put something in your heart before that he'll put it before your eyes. And then you're going to you're going to feel that and you're going to want to do that. Here's number two. Stay focused on him. You need God to walk out the vision that he gave you. So I really believe he's going to speak to you. He's going to give you something in the near future. And a vision is a supernatural thing. So you need to understand your dream or your vision is going to need supernatural power to walk it out. You're going to need him. You're going to need to focus on God. You know, my wife said last week, she talked about Peter getting out of the boat and staying focused on the Lord. That, now think about, this is what he saw and he did because he felt, tell me to come. Okay, I'm coming. You've got to stay focused. If you don't keep your focus on God, you got to walk by faith the whole time. You can lose track of what you're supposed to do. The vision needs to stay in front of you. You need to keep it in front of you. Remind yourself of it. Because then you, you line everything up with the vision. The things that we do for this church, we have all kinds of opportunities, but it may not be our thing. You understand what I'm saying? There are people say, you need a soup kitchen. We had people that were adamant. You have to have a soup kitchen. You must have a soup kitchen. That's the way. Well, there's a soup kitchen right down the street. You don't, I don't need another one. There's one at another church that was down there. Let's, let's support and help them. You know, we don't, I'm not in competition. That's not my thing. Soup kitchen's not my thing. So what, what has God called you? Start saying, all right, God, I'm going to keep that in front of me. I don't want to lose track of that. We've got to stay focused. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He didn't say these 25 things I do or these 35 things I dabble in. He said, I want to get focused on God. This is what I'm supposed to do. Because you know this, and this happens, it rains on the just and the unjust. When the going gets tough, you're going to have to stay with it. See, you thought I was going to say the other thing, didn't you? <laughs> Sometimes it'll, you'll feel like this. It's just me and God. That's it. It's just God and my, nobody else is with me. You ever felt alone? It's just you and God. Paul's visions put him places. It, it sent him places that they nearly beat him to death, threw him in jail. I bet he felt alone. But like we said before, but God. God sent an angel to strengthen him so he could fulfill his vision. So God's going to give you that vision. He's going to give you the strength to get to it, but you've got to stay focused on him. Here's number three. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. One of the most important ways 
if you can tell if your dream and vision is of God, it's going to be bigger than you and it's going to need God to complete it. It's going to be bigger than what you think. If you don't need God, it's, it's not a God vision. It's going to involve him. A vision by God is orchestrated by God or from God. He's getting you up as you follow him. He's getting people that you don't even know yet. He's lining them up so that you can meet them and they're ready to catch what you're going to throw. And they're going to throw stuff that you're going to catch. He's going to, he's going to help you to rub shoulders. This week, I got a couple conference calls with people that are doing huge ministries. I'm excited because you know why? I want to catch what they're throwing. But I have to, now listen to me, it all has to filter through the vision that God has given me. Because I don't need to be somebody else. I have to be me. I've got to be me. Daring to trot. No, right. Ah, you didn't need to hear the rest of that. (laughs) See, since God is a vision for you, you've got to, your part is to listen and obey. Did you know Youngie Cho, Dr. Youngie Cho, pastor's largest church in the world, they asked him, how did you get your church so big? You know what he said? Two things. He said, I I pray and I obey. We have to, and, and here's what we do. And as America almost, this is our prayer. Our prayer is almost a monologue. Isn't it kind of like a Jay Leno or Johnny Carson? Oh, oh. See, some of you, Johnny who? That's back in my day. But I'm, this is not a monologue. It's not us coming, hey, God, here's what I need. Here's what I want. Thank you, God. You're great. You're the king. Woo-hoo, yeah, woo. A dialogue is like, God, is there anything you want to tell me? What can you tell me? I did this wrong. How can I do that better? So, we got to understand, we want, we're going to need God. It's bigger than us. We have to listen and we have to obey. Follow the instructions of the Lord. Now, let me just tell you this. Here's another important part of your vision. It's not only going to be big, but it's going to be connected, listen to me, to the harvest of the kingdom. What do you mean? I'm telling you, if it's a vision from God, it'll be connected to the harvest of the kingdom. The word harvest represents souls being brought into the kingdom of heaven. And harvest means building God's kingdom. You know, so if you want to harvest, you're going to build it in the local church or in God's kingdom in the world around you by giving to missions or whatever you're doing. But it's going to be building the kingdom of God. Can you be dreaming about stuff like that? Well, how does my dream? Listen, I have people that come up and they'll say, you know what, I, I want this business and I want it to be successful. If if your business is going to relate to the kingdom of God and you're going to help finance the kingdom, you're going to bless people, you're going to feed the hungry, you're going to clothe uh, the, the poor, you're going to do whatever God tells you to do, then yes, it can be connected and God can bless that. But if you don't have any plans to do anything with the kingdom, Lord, I just want my, I want this, my money, mine, mine, mine. He's not going to get behind that. Money is a tool, my friends. And he wants his word and the harvest of souls to come out. Because if you didn't understand the first joke I told you before about anybody can be president, we need to be praying. Because there are, your rights are at stake. It is our duty and responsibility as Christians to pray and to vote. I do believe that. So if you can tie your dream to the kingdom, then God can get that purpose and he can get behind that and begin to bless that. According to Habakkuk 2.3, it says, For the wisdom is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. 
Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hebrews says that faith and patience bring the promise. Faith and patience bring the promise. One thing's for sure, if it's a God dream, it's going to happen. Well, Brett, what if I quit? Then he's going to find another dreamer, and he'll get it done. But it will happen. You might need to respond to your dream right away. I, I don't know. Um, when I've been given vision from God, he's never given me the how-to's. He told me to start the church. He gave me the scripture for the church. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's why it's True Life Church. That's how that came out of that. I, I've never started a church before, so I had to do my part. I had, to, I had to listen and obey. I had to follow the rules of the land. I had to, what do I have to do to get that done? I had to put my hand to that. You see, vision and dream that the Lord gives you is discovered as you walk it. It is unfolded as you walk in obedience. Many people lose it right there because they don't like that. But what everybody else can't see it. Can I tell you, you're not going to stand in front of everybody else. You're going to stand in front of the Lord. So you just walk that out. It's exciting in a way. I mean, it depends on really how you look at it. But just say, God, I'm going to do this. Is this what you've called me to do? I'm going to do it. A lot of people will put out their list. Here's why I don't want to do this. Here's my analytical list. And we will talk ourselves out of following God. Have you ever done that? I've done that. Lord, I, if that's you, let 13 sparrows fly across me right now and spell my name out. And, and uh, let 17 people, and one of them being, you know, uh, somebody from another third world country come up to me with a blue hat on and say, you know, we almost go like, really? And we'll talk ourselves out. Well, it must not be God. 14 scorpions and three serpents didn't, you know. <laughs> But if you wait till every question has been answered before you move, you will never do anything. When God tells you to do something or he calls you to do something, you have to be willing to go someplace new or someplace different. Can I tell you this? Change is usually a sure sign from God. God, Hebrews says God doesn't change, but isn't it amazing how we have to? <laughs> and when you want somebody else to change, how does God change? He doesn't, but he changes. Lord, you better change them. Because I don't like working with them. And God will help change your attitude, won't he? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you better change my spouse. Listen to him. He's talking to you. <laughs> you lazy. <laughs> but isn't that true? I mean, God changes us. He changes our perspective and our, our love for him grows deeper. <laughs> He's preparing you for miracles. Is a good sign of that is change. We are creatures of habit. We love things that stay the same. <laughs> but you'll get, when you're following God, you'll be in a place, the only place you have to hold on to that is forever stable is him. And so you hang on to him, and he'll supply you with the next step. If he's giving you the piece of the puzzle, you start walking it out, he's going to hand you that piece. And then you're going to fit it in, and he's going to say, that's good. And you're going to say, could I have five more, please? Keep walking. Here's the next piece. That's good. He's going to help you with that as you walk in obedience. I'm going to give you quickly four elements of a dream or a vision from God. And it's five till ten. I still got about 15 minutes. We can get this done. Turn your neighbor and say, he's going to do it. Okay. Acts 26, 19. 
Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not uh, disobedient to the heavenly vision. I'd hate to have the name Agrippa. Just saying. Just when I read that, I'm thinking, who named you? And you shall be Agrippa. <laughs> this is my brother, Aslippa. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you go to school with the name Agrippa and your name is? Never mind. All right. This is what Paul's saying. In spite of setbacks, uh, you know, the enemy's going to try to get you to thwart your dream. He's going to try to get you to stop. In spite of hardships, in spite of trouble or adversity, stay, keep the vision in front of you. Here's what the vision will do. Here's the first one. The vision stops you. On the road to Damascus, it stopped Paul. His vision stopped him. He literally had sunstroke, S-O-N stroke. Not S-U-N, S. Uh, anyway, it stopped him in his tracks. And Paul thought he was doing what was right until the vision stopped him. All right, and then that's when whammo, everything changed. The vision can stop you. Number two, the vision will send you. Acts 9, 15, and 16, the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. The vision didn't just stop Paul. It sent him to places to be a witness for Christ. So here's the thing. Everybody knew Paul. All the Christians knew Paul because he was threatened. And and he took care of the Christians before. So that actually, God used what Paul did working for the enemy and used it for his good. Because they saw this incredible change. And so he sent him. So it stopped him and he sent him. So vision comes from God. It'll make you, listen to me, help people. Ambition comes from your flesh. And it's good to have ambition because God can use ambition. But ambition just in itself will use people. Now, God uses people, but only for the primary reason of helping people. There's a big difference. We don't, we're not using people to step up a corporate ladder for selfish gain. In a, in a God vision, you will help people. And he will use people to help people. And, you know, many times people that help other people are people that have been through some of the same garbage they're helping people out of. Because they know exactly what that's like. All right, here's number three. The vision will strengthen you. God sent a vision that stopped Paul. It sent Paul. And then he strengthened Paul. So you're going to need, again, remember we talked about it's bigger than you and we have to stay focused. We're going to need God Because it's going to take time and patience and we need to draw our strength. The joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. So we're going to need to stay with God, stay in God, and understand perspective. Joy alone isn't I'm depressed. Joy is, man, you know what? I'm I'm not only going to, don't you, if you all got to go on a journey, do you want to go with somebody that will make the most of it or somebody that's just eating oatmeal through a gas pipe? Dear Lord, have you ever been in a car with somebody that's just like gloom, despair, agony on me? Y'all got to go to the same place. And you're like, can you not be happy about anything? Can you, or if you can't, can you just zip it? Just take some duct tape. Be like that tape guy from AGT. You had to watch. America's Got Talent to know that. But uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame he has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, I mean, just, you know, sometimes people say, I've been through so much. 
I, I get it. I'm not trying to minimize anything you've been through. But I mean, think of Paul. Paul was, he had, there's tough terrain. He didn't have cars like we have. He had camels or donkeys or that kind of thing. So he's got backbreaking labor. He'd been in prison. He was beat nearly to death, stoned, whippings, death threats, shipwrecks, sleepless nights, cold, hungry, thirsty, you know, all of that. I mean, he's been through a lot just, and so we can all say, yeah, we've been through stuff. How many knows there's people that have been through more? Okay. And I'm not saying wish that you had more bad stuff. What I'm saying is perspective. Let's let God help us with that. And Paul calls it light affliction. Are you kidding me? Light affliction. And, you know, light affliction to me is like I got to wait two minutes before they bring my hamburger out at McDonald's. That's that's light affliction. Don't they know I'm hungry? Okay. Number four. The vision will stretch you. So the vision's going to make you, it's going to stretch you to become something that you couldn't have been or accomplished without it. It's going to help mold and make you. It's really important. Now listen to me, it's the journey that forms you. It's the journey that forms you. And it's even more important than the destination. There's people that'll go, hey, I'm here, da-da! But those people that know some things, that have been through some stuff, you know what a scar is? Some people are like, oh, I hate scars. But scars, at least you can say, look, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. The enemy tried to take me out, but he couldn't. And I've learned some things. And so start understanding it is that destination that's awesome to reach that. But it is the journey. How many knows it's great to jump on the mountain and be happy, but in the valleys where you learned how to survive. It's in the valley when it seemed like all hell broke loose. You learn how to grab a hold of the word and say, you know what? I'm not letting this leave me. It's in the valley when the refrigerator was empty and you said, God, you said you will supply all of my need. It's in the valley when you didn't have gas to get to work. that You said, God, I need some I need some gas money. It was in the valley when you felt alone that you said, God, I need to feel you. I need to know that you're with me. So it's in the valley that we get developed. It's in the valley that we get mature. So the vision's going to stretch you. What's stretching you right now? Studies show that the average person only uses 5% of his or her mental ability. Ne- many people never put themselves in a place to stretch. A rubber band's not effective until it's stretched. It never fulfills its purpose as a rubber band until it's stretched. Now, I'm not calling you guys rubber bands, but I'm just saying God's going to stretch you. And a lot of us avoid stretching at all costs. There's a story of a millionaire. He had this big party. I mean, the dude is loaded. He's like, you know, Thurston Howe, lovey. He's big time bucks. So, and he's got all these guys there and they go for a walk out in the back 40. You know, they're out in the backyard. He's got this huge swimming pool. The swimming pool is full of alligators. They're swimming everywhere. And they're like, what's the alligators for? And he said, you know what? I'll give anybody that swims the length of that pool half of what i have if they will have the courage to swim the length of that pool and they're all looking at they're like you are nuts they walk about 10 yards away and he hears this big splash he looks over and there's this guy and he's swimming like nothing just as fast as he can and he gets to the other side and gets out of the pool and everybody shouts and the millionaire walks over and he says man that is the best symbol of courage i've ever seen i'll give you half what do you want the guy said i want to know who pushed me in Listen, (laughs) listen, have you ever felt God has pushed you in and you're being stretched? 
and you're like, Lord, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. Listen to me. God wouldn't put you in someplace like that if you couldn't get to the other side. And he's going to help you get there. Your dream and your vision might seem impossible, but if you can write it down, if you can start jotting, making, get yourself a little vision book, a dream book, and start making little notes. And then sooner or later, it starts taking a shape. It starts formulating, and you can make it plain. Then at least once a week or so, just kind of read it. Go over it a little bit, and then, oh, all right, okay. And be open to when the Lord starts to speak to you. Will you let him stretch you this morning? I'm here to tell you that God has a dream for each of you. He has a purpose. And I'm hoping that with some of what you've learned today, that you can take that vision or that dream and go, you know what, I'm going to start listening. I know he's been talking to me, but I've never written anything down. Start jotting that down. If it's not from God, it'll die of natural causes. It'll be okay. And you don't have to share that with anybody. You can just start writing because God knows your heart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Some of you this morning, I think, are just afraid to dream because life has come at you hard, so to speak, and you've had some pain. And if you dream, you may feel like he's going to stretch you. I'm here to tell you it's going to be okay. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, if you're, if you're here and you're saying, Brett, I, I, I understand what you're saying. The best thing that I know, before I could ever follow a God vision, I need to put God number one in my heart. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe it's been a long time, it's really simple. I won't embarrass you, I promise. But I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you find that dream that God's put in your heart or that he's going to put in your heart and he's ready to unfold it for you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, would you pray for me? I'd like to make Jesus, number one, Lord of my life. I want you to just put your hand up and put it back down. I want to pray. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anyone else? I promise I won't embarrass you. You've come this far. Let's dream. Somebody else. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, forgive me for not listening. Anything I've done wrong, would you forgive me for that too? Come into my heart. Today, I want to be number one. And I am so happy to be part of your family. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to need everybody to look at me real quick. Had a couple people say yes to the Lord. That's the best thing that could ever happen to you today. I'm telling you, everything is going to be worth it. And my hat is off to you. Do these four things. Start talking to God. That's just praying. Just talk to him like you talk to anybody. Read your Bible. Get one you can understand. I have people come up and go, I don't understand the King James. Then find one that's not King James. I've got an extra one out on the information table there. If you need a Bible and nobody claims it, you can claim it. And that one's yours. Um, I, I think it might be NIV. But just find one that you understand. Read your Bible, pray, talk to God. Go to church. Brett, I don't have a church. Now you do. You have this one. And then hang out with God's people. And then just let God just start doing it. And just start growing. We'll help you. Get involved. Plug into a small group. And we're going to help you on this journey discover. You'll find out what God's purpose is for your life. We love you. Amen. Would you give God a big hand clap as you stand to your feet? It's our, it's our giving time.
And so I just want you to be obedient and give to the Lord. Your, uh, the money that you give, as you know, goes to start churches all around these great United States. It helps here, also goes to third world places and all that, and it's because of your generosity. But I want you just to be obedient. I don't have any gimmicks. I don't have any, uh, you know, I just want you to be obedient. Just listen to what the Lord's telling you. Do what you're supposed to do. If you're here and you're saying, I'm a guest, you don't have to give it all. Don't you worry. It's up to you. If the Lord tells you to, certainly be obedient to that. But I am here to tell you, you cannot outgive God. And again, I've taught you this in the kingdom. When we give, it changes kingdoms. It changes from the spirit of the world. It gets over to the kingdom of God. And he has legal access now to multiply and work on your behalf due to finances. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God. I thank you for the anointing I feel in this room. I thank you for what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Bless this offering. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.